0: Matthew 13 will be found on page 1522 of the large print Bibles, 1522, and page 682 on the small print Bibles, 682. Matthew 13, reading from verse 31. This is the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about sixty pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did, not saying anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. Uh, my reading is uh, from the uh, book of Daniel, which is chapter two, verses thirty-one to thirty-five and forty-four to forty-five. It's uh, at page 614 of the Pew Bibles and 1377 uh, of the large print. 614 in the Pew Bible and 1377 in the large print. Uh, we're starting at the. Your Majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Then to verse 44. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold to pieces. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. Can I just say it's great to see you, John, up reading the Bible again. Just have you back. Uh, if you want to turn back to Matthew chapter 13, um, we're going to look at God's Word together, and I'm going to use it as an excuse to give us show you some photos from Zambia. So we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. Have it. I pray for us? Dear Father, we thank you for uh, this church. We thank you that you have brought us together again this morning. Uh, Lord we thank you that you are here with us Father we ask that you would be with us this morning Help help me to speak truly and clearly from your word And we pray that you would encourage us That you would strengthen us for our walk with you That we might uh, honour you uh, That we may live lives that are serving you For we ask it in Jesus name Amen Well I wonder if you've ever been disappointed by church uh, Particularly at our church Like you look at our And we're, we're not as big as we once were and it's, it's tempting to look at our church and go, oh, there's not as many kids as there once were. There's not as many people as there once were. I wish it was bigger. It would be great if God did something big and flashy here. Um, I've, I've thought those things sometimes, and maybe you've thought those things too. If you've ever been a little bit disappointed by you know, God not doing all the things that you'd like him to do, um, today's passage, I hope, will be an encouragement to you. It was an encouragement to me and a challenge to me. Uh, so let's, let's have a look at Matthew chapter 13. The passage that we actually had read for us is actually a pretty simple one. And so this could be the world's shortest sermon, uh, but tough like it's not going to be. Um, it's actually a really sim- simple passage. It comes uh, near the end of, uh, or halfway through um, Matthew chapter 13. And throughout this chapter, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he's been using parables, he's been teaching the, the, his disciples and others about uh, what it means to be part of God's kingdom. And so we started off at the beginning of chapter 13 talking about the, the sower and how the sower goes out to sow his seeds and how some people go into the kingdom and they bear fruit. Some people um, hear the word, but it doesn't bear fruit. They don't become part of the kingdom. And last week, uh, I believe, David spoke to you on the parable of the weeds, which talks about the, the, the end times when, when Jesus returns and how there will be some who will be brought into his kingdom and some who will actually be separated from God's kingdom who will be sent off to hell. Uh, And there there will be a real separation in the kingdom. Well, today Jesus makes a very simple point about the kingdom of God uh, using two stories. The first one picks up the the same idea of um, of sowing seeds. He's been talking about sowing seeds uh, on the ground and on the path. And now he's been talking about sowing seeds where people plant weeds amongst it. And now he's going to start talking about uh, a particular type of seed. A farmer goes out and sows a mustard seed. Now, you don't know what mustard seed's like. You guys who have um, eaten French mustard with the little grains in it, that's a mustard seed. They're pretty tiny, pretty small seeds, not the same sort of size as an avocado seed, which is like this. Uh, it's a pretty tiny seed. And yet, Jesus says, this seed that's, that's planted grows up to become a big tree. In it, uh, the birds come and, and make their nest. They come and rest. Simple little story. Yep, seeds grow. From little things, big things grow. The second story is pretty similar. He's, this time it's a woman who comes into the kitchen and she's doing some baking. And she must be baking for a, a wedding reception or something because she's, she's got uh, the equivalent of, t- equivalent of 27 kilos of, uh, of dough, which is quite a bit, like it's huge. And she's got a small amount of yeast, which she's kind of working in. She must have been doing it with a cricket bat or something. I don't know how she's doing it, but she's working this, this yeast around uh, into the dough and the yeast spreads throughout the whole dough so that she's able to, I guess, make it into smaller loaves uh, and, the, and the bread will rise. Two pretty simple stories. Um, pretty similar kind of idea. They're all about, both about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, starts each one with, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And both, in both the stories, we start off with something small that seems insignificant that grows into something big. And Jesus' point is a pretty simple one. You see, the people of the first century had this picture of uh, the the coming of God's kingdom as being like uh, like D-Day or something, where the the tanks roll in and the Messiah rolls in and and suddenly God's kingdom is there and it's bang, it's huge. And the whole world can see it, the whole world comes to be part of God's kingdom. And of course Israel is the centre of it. And the world's going to come flocking uh, to Israel to, to, to bow before the, the, the new king. They had this picture of a mighty warrior who's going to come. But Jesus, well, it's a little bit disappointing. When you look at him, he's just a, an uneducated man from the backwaters uh, of Israel that nobody really knows or heard of. He's not really from an important family. Well, I guess he is not in a, in a very distant kind of way, but he's not um, right one of the intelligentsia or any, anything. He's, he's unimportant. He's unimpressive. Sure, he does a few miraculous things, but people aren't exactly flocking to see him. I mean, some are, but some people are actually turning away from him. You'd think if he was the king that there would be lots of people there, that people would be coming from all over the, the place and he would be gathering an army around him. And the Romans would be getting scared, and the Romans would be being kicked out but but Jesus doesn 't do any of those things. Jesus is small Jesus is insignificant but the point of his parable is this that do not take do not look at what you see and take it on face value just because something seems small doesn 't mean it's, it's insignificant in fact god 's kingdom was always going to come this way the the story that um, that John read to us from, um, from Daniel chapter 2, is a, a dream that God gives the king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the, the Babylonian king. And this dream is of a great statue in four parts. It's got gold at the top, silver, bronze, and then iron at the bottom. It's a big and magnificent statue. But then a small rock comes and smashes into the, the feet of the statue and the statue basically gets blown to smithereens. It gets uh, described as being like, it's like the, 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 the chaff in the wind. It just gets get blown away. The small little rock that hit it then begins to grow. It becomes a huge mountain that fills the whole earth. It's a prophecy of the coming of the kingdom of God. The people of Israel had, had clearly forgotten that it was, God's kingdom was always going to start small. Jesus is that rock who comes and hits at the feet of the, the fourth kingdom, which is the the the, uh, the Roman king, uh, the Roman kingdom. And God's kingdom is established, and God's kingdom starts to grow. And from that moment on, God's kingdom has been continually growing, and it still is throughout the world. You see, God often works this way. I'd love it if God would work in big, flashy ways. You know, maybe if he got big yellow Posters and put up. And maybe not them because they don't work very well. But maybe if he got, he did something huge that, that all the world could see. It'd be great, wouldn't it? If God just kind of, Jesus just appeared and he was just like this big giant who kind of strode through the, the streets of Sydney or, or strode across, you know, across the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean and so everyone could see him. It'd be awesome. But God doesn't work that way. God often works through little things to make big things grow. That's how his kingdom came. That's how the kingdom has kept on growing. And so it's important for us to remember this, that God is at work no matter what we see, no matter what we feel. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. He says, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. God often works through the small and the weak and the seemingly insignificant. So if you ever feel that, you know, we're not as big as we could be or we should be, it doesn't mean that God's not at work. God is still at work even in the smallest things and will continue to be at work for his kingdom. God loves to work that way, to, see, to show that his power might be seen. Now I thought, this is a great message for us, but also it reminded me, I guess, of what we've been doing in Zambia. I thought I'd use this kind of idea of from little things, big things grow, to give you a bit of an idea of what Lauren and I have been doing over the last couple of weeks. We haven't just been holidaying in the sun. And that has been very sunny. Um, so I want to show you, show, show you some pictures uh, of some of the things that we were doing in three different kind of categories. Um, when God's kingdom grows, uh, it, it grows in all sorts of areas. In this, the, the parable of the yeast, the yeast grows and, and reaches to all parts of the dough. To me, it describes the, the idea that God's kingdom is all-pervasive. God's kingdom is not just about bums on seats about the number of people who walk through church on a Sunday morning. God is at work in all sorts of different ways. God's kingdom is evident in all sorts of ways. And one of the ways that we've seen God's kingdom being at work in the last couple of weeks uh, is through Christian education. So I'm going to invite Lauren to come up. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we did um She's going to talk a bit more about the first bit, and then I'll talk a bit later. But uh, I just want to, just to remind you about some of the ways that the small things that have grown. I went to This has been my fourth trip to Zambia, and uh, so I went first in 2014. And when I went in 2014, I went to visit the ICCS, the Apollo Christian Community School, and this is what it was. Um, this was the building it was in. In fact, when I say this is what it was, that's a little bit of an exaggeration because... Um, there were two classes when I went, uh, year one and year two, and they met in that room. So this this room didn't belong to them. That was actually a council. It's a council uh, building, and we b- let out. Is that right, Bruce? We we let out that that one that one room, and so they had the year ones in the morning. Was it two rooms? The year one year one in the morning and the year 2s in the afternoon. It was very very tiny. Um, but I was so encouraged coming back to, to coming back this year. Give you a bit of an idea. This is I haven't got a brilliant picture of it, but this just gives you a little bit of an idea of the ICCS building. This building, starting from here, going all the way along here, is now six classrooms, six classrooms plus a toilet block um, on the left-hand side over here. You can just see there the edge of um, the new slab upon which our next buildings are going to be going. The, the, the school is growing and growing. Instead of being just uh, two classes of well 30, cl- thirty each sixty kids. There's now over two hundred kids uh, who are coming every day. Uh, it's really really exciting to see what God is doing in that school. Uh, and Lauren spent a fair bit of time in the school. I'm actually give Lauren an opportunity to speak now to talk about uh, what she was doing this week.
3: <laughs> so what I did at the school uh, in the first week was I helped with the grade seven. Some of them are struggling with their. Um, Education and progress and at the end of grade 7 they need to do an exam and if they don't get through that then they don't get to progress into secondary school. Um, so this is me with the ones that have been um, um, assessed as needing a bit of extra help, except at that point in time we'd stopped doing extra literacy and numeracy and I was teaching them, I still call Australia home. <laughs> so. which they really enjoyed. So we're just working out actions there. Um, But four of those kids I worked with um, quite in depth, uh, particularly with their literacy, and um, there's two of them who are really struggling to read in English, um, and one of them actually is um, getting tested for glasses this week. Um, so, but what's really great is the new principal there, Amos, is their teacher and he's really, um, picked up on these kids and they have kind of maybe fallen through the cracks a little bit. Um, but that's just an example of how education there is growing. He's very professional and very capable and is, um, yeah, able now to identify who needs extra help. And so there's the thought of maybe needing remedial teaching in the future for the school. So, yeah, it's just growing all the time. Hmm. Uh, oh, <laughs> we did some um, just presentations of teaching Christian songs and whatever. To, um, this is Francine's class, grade five, um, and one of them had a birthday, so this is their Zambian birthday song, which was very fun. <laughs> cool. What else have you got? Uh, yes. That's it. OK, yeah. so... Um, so ICCS is really
2: growing, and it's exciting. Uh, it's, it was the teachers were expressing to me at the end of the week how encouraged they were to see the improvement just in those four girls that, or the first four kids that Lorna was working with over the week, and how their attitude towards school had changed already, uh, which is really exciting. So we're very thankful for that. Very small thing, but God makes little things grow. Um, one of the other places that we have been connected with um, over, the, uh, over the years is this school. It's called Christian uh, Com- Community School, and it's in Kitway. It's, it's not in the same place as the school that we've been building. Uh, we haven't been sponsoring kids there, but we've been sponsoring teachers. Uh, when I first went there in 2014, this was the building they were in. Um, it's a brick building uh, and pretty rudimentary, uh, but solid enough. And this room here is one classroom. And uh, they had, uh, I think, 70 kids, 60, up to 70 kids, 60 or 70 kids in that room. Uh, for those of you who are teachers, will try to appreciate what it's like to teach 60 or 70 kids in one room. Uh, pretty difficult, but very committed teachers. Uh, and we're doing a great work. However... The, the block of land upon which this, that school was built belongs to, I think the council, correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce, uh, and in the last month or so they said to the school who'd been doing this basically free of charge um, that this, that, this, that we now want the land back um, for the local pro- uh, high school, I think, that was growing. Uh, they actually wanted that property back and so they took it and gave Maniando, um two weeks, basically, to, to get out and to find new premises um, and so that was, the church they, that was the school they were in. This is the church. This is the school they're now in. In two weeks, they built themselves a new school. Um, so just out of timber and uh, planks, just kind of um, nailed, you know, nail gums together. Um, you see the roof is made of tarpaulin. Um, this is what it looks like inside, um, very blue, uh, and <clears throat> lots of holes in the walls and all that kind of thing. Uh, it's actually really quite sad and depressing, to think that this school, which is already struggling, has now gone backwards uh, and very hard for them. And it's tempting to kind of think, well, you know, what's God doing here? But God often works through small things. And it's not just because something is small and not as, as powerful as it once was or not as big as it once was doesn't mean that God's not at work. And so this is, well, Lauren's going to tell you a little bit about what she was doing in uh, Maniando School.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for the people who donated recorders and prayed for this. I ended up with 50 recorders, which was great. And uh, initially I was told I might have 70 students in my class, but one of the advantages of them having moved buildings is some of them hadn't quite got to the new <laughs> new location yet, so I only had about 30. Um, but they've... They've got nothing. Like, when I was teaching there, they didn't even have a blackboard or a whiteboard. They'd only managed to get those desks because they had physically carried some of the desks from one site to the other. Um, So one of the things that we did with some money from Steve's parents is... um, donate money for a truck so that they could get the rest of their desks there but they only had this one room padlocked so they had to put all the desks in that room overnight because otherwise everything would just be stolen and it's it's so kind of ramshackle that when I was teaching the recorder the community were kind of like looking in because it was so interesting so that's quite a positive. But for the wet season it will be an absolute nightmare Because it's not waterproof or windproof at all And the earth, it's just earth Like it's just, they've just built on dirt Um, So they're hoping to get concrete down before October Anyway, um, so what I did with them was just bring recorders And um, it's the first time they've played any musical instrument Um, They'd hardly heard of any musical instruments I think they'd heard of the keyboard, the trumpet, um, the guitar and the violin and the drums That's They're the only instruments I'd ever heard of No idea about reading music About length of notes Names of notes, anything So it was so much fun It was just completely stimulating And yeah, so we did two songs um, to very well-known tunes One about Zambia and one about Australia And we did a little concert And the concert is just This is the the dirt. In fact, when we first arrived, that was all kind of mounds. And on the first day of school, the kids brought their hoes and tools and stuff from home. And part of the job of the first day was just trying to cut the grass and make it a bit flatter. Um, Yeah. And when we were there, the toilets had, the pit toilets had been dug, but they didn't have doors on them yet. Like it's just so, so beginning. Anyway, so this is the um, grade six and sevens getting ready for their concert and the rest of the school were sitting just just on the dirt, just watching them. But it was such a big buzz for them because it's it's new and different and one of the teachers sat in on all the lessons um, and so when the container that stores all their stuff is still at the old site and it's starting to be vandalised but soon it will get put on this site and then Gary's going to bring another set of recorders and give it to them when they can lock it away and Florence, the teacher, I think will continue the lessons so that was exciting Oh, and then, uh, so this is in Kim's... Living room back at um, Chingola now, and this is me teaching the staff there how to play the recorder, so that they can then teach it at school. So the fifty recorders have gone there to Ipalo, and at least three of them, I think, were showing some really good promise after their forty-five minute lesson. Um, and one of them has taken all the music, and I think Francine will will take it on. But yeah,
2: I think the most promising student was the one on the far right. Um, but it, it was, it's interesting, it was, it's exciting to see, it, these, these are small things in the scheme of things, but God is at work uh, providing opportunities for these people that they would never have had, uh, and it was exciting to be a part of that, uh, and to see the, you know, the joy on the kids' faces as they sing their birthday songs or whatever, but also as they're playing their recorders at the concert. Uh, it's so exciting to, to be able to be part of that, uh, and to see what God is doing there. So yeah, small things, but God is at work. Uh, in, the, um, second, uh, or in the first parable, about the, the parable of the mustard seed, um, it talks about the, the, the tree growing uh, and, and the birds coming and nesting in, the, in its branches and resting in its branches and finding uh, protection there. And so one of the ways that we've seen uh, think the kingdom growing is in through, through the care that is given. The kingdom of God is not just spread through the gospel. It is spread, spread through the gospel, of course, um, but also it shows itself in the way christians care it 's been that way right from the very beginning um, that Christians have continued to care for those in the world around them as, as they should do and one of the ways that we 've seen that in a school uh, is been through the providing of food because again when I went through there four years ago uh, five years ago, sorry, um, this was the kitchen that we that they used to cook the meals uh, in fact, usually they, they they would do it on the the balcony at the front they had the little barbecues that they were, little, little fires that they would put. To cook the meals on, uh, and that was while well, they were making meals for 30 students. Uh, but that has grown. And so now they're providing food for th- um, 200 students plus, uh, plus a num- bunch of parents who, who provide the meals each day, and I think the staff mm-hmm. each day. So uh, it's the, the amount of food that's needed is growing. And so just to give you a bit of an idea of how that's happening, uh, this, is a, this is a banana plant. Um, When I was there two years ago, um, my mother gave me $100 from uh, their art group. She goes, there's an art group. I think, Jewel, you're part of that, aren't you, the art group that they have. They collect money and they give it away to different organisations. They gave $100 to us and said, do do with it what you will. And one of the things I did is I I bought some bananas. Well, I gave it to somebody to buy some bananas, uh, banana plants to plant. Uh, They then did that. Uh, and this is one of the plants that has grown from there. They now have a plantation of bananas that 's kind of about the size I think maybe of these two sets of ch- chairs together if you if so they 've got that many banana plants growing uh, providing food for the for the kids uh, but that is not the end of it um, that is that plantation is actually where a new building's going to be in the future, and so they 're now we 're now creating a new plot of uh, land uh, vegetables, uh, on our second plot. And so this is actually a picture of the second plot of land. You can see, if you look carefully, you can see a bunch of banana plants starting to grow. Each of those banana plants have come up as suckers from the, the first ones that, that, that were planted. And all of these other plants here have been planted by Anthony, uh, the agricultural worker. And so we're now at the stage, even though we've got over 200 people being fed each day, that this garden... Uh, which is bigger than this, it goes right round, um, is able to feed all 200 kids. Um, so it provides the vegetables for, for the meal. So each meal, each day, um, has uh, some kind of carbohydrate, um, usually uh, a mealy meal, I uh, think, called ninshima, uh, and then some a vegetable, some kind of vegetable, vegetable soupy thing, and some kind of protein. Um, the protein twice a week. Oh, this is oh, this is for those of you who are given to the Waterwise campaign. This is where some of that money has gone towards uh, building a water tank, which now irrigates the the um, the uh, egg. egg plot. That's the word. I knew there was a word. Um, but the protein is uh, usually provided by these. This is Anthony, Anthony the uh, agricultural worker, and uh, again. The money raised Zambia's child has has built a chicken run since I was there last time, um, and so now Anthony holds a whole bunch of uh, chickens which he raises uh, for food, uh, but he also has a bunch of chickens that he raises uh, to provide eggs and so two meals a day uh, two meals a week sorry uh, are chicken, and so from the chickens that they 've been raising so they 're actually now not having to buy those chickens they 're now able to to provide their own food for those two meals in the day um, so as as we've been showing the care uh, that started off really small, that's been growing, and so now uh, the, the school is, is moving towards being able to support itself in the, in the, in the food that, that it's providing. Um, I want to show you this. Uh, one of the other ways that we care is for caring for individuals. Colin's just going to click the button for us, I think, um, to show this video. This is um, one of the houses belonging to one of the sponsor kids that we went to go and visit. Um, down here... Oh, so over here is a stream, and each day the family would get go down there with a bucket and carry the water up and I think the bucket's kind of here somewhere um that they would use for their water for the day. This house has no power has no um no yeah, no electricity, no running water um there's outside pit toilet that they use um uh, there's also something else missing in that house you may have noticed windows. Uh, they don't have windows because they can't afford the glass. And so you'll notice that here where the window should be, there's, uh, they've bricked it up because bricks are really cheap. And so um, they, they brick, brick them up and just leave a few holes for the air to come in. But you can imagine what it's like, corrugated iron roof, what it's like for them to be, uh, to be in there during the day. Uh, it would just be like an oven. Uh, and it would take a long time for it to cool down even in the evening. Um, and so we were able to go and visit this home and just be able to provide very simple care for her. You may have noticed near the door there. We were able to drop in... Oh, whoop, no. Oh, that worked. Um able to drop in there a bag of mealy meal, which makes this inshima that they use. So that, that bag would provide a month's worth of um, sustenance for that family. And so it's only a small thing, but God works in small things uh, to help that family grow. The There are two children in that family who are sponsored, uh, one of whom uh, is in Year 4, the other is in Year 7. And the Year 7 boy particularly is really going forward uh, and uh, becoming a leader at the school. Uh, And the younger girl, um, I've seen her three times now, and each time she's becoming more and more open. You can see her uh, getting more involved involved in the school life and that kind of thing. It's a little thing, but in the little things, God's at work. Um, Here's another little thing. Um, one of the sponsored children that, uh, my, my parents sponsored child actually, uh, is in year five and he's going really, really well at school. Um, getting 90, 100% in all of his tests. He wants to become a doctor when he gets older. Um, but, uh, I, we were talking to him about his family recently had to move, uh, because his, his father lost his job. And, um, They now have a home, again, with no power, um, no running water or anything. Um, And we were asking him, well, how do you do your homework? How do you do your study at home? And he says, well, I I do it by candlelight, Um, which you can imagine is quite difficult. Um, And so we were able just to buy just something, a small thing for him, just to help his study. So this is a a solar torch and lamp. So um, it's got a lamp here. It's got... um, at the back of it, you can't see it. It's got a like a big um, like a LED light. Um, there's also a torch. Um, you can also, I think, plug into here, and you can charge your phone or, or other things if you want to. So it's just a little thing, um, that a little way that we're able to help this one child who is, um, you know, got a great potential and a great desire to, to move forward in his life and to therefore support his family and, and those around him. Um, but this, can, this will hopefully be able to help him in a small way to be able to continue to do that. But it's not just uh, in those kinds of things, in physical things. It's also in one of the things that uh, ICCS is doing is caring for people's emotional needs. Uh, in this picture, you'll see Roz. Um, and the woman next to her is um, one of the mothers of the kids at the school, Um, and Ros this is just after they'd been hugging because this woman had just been her mother had just died recently but she didn't have enough money to be able to go to her mum's funeral so she missed her mum's funeral because she didn't have the money to go and visit her Um, and so one of the things that Ros and the school community is able to do is able to provide some emotional care and support for her the kingdom of God is growing uh, throughout the world sometimes it seems small but even though it's small God is at work The last area I want to share with you is about the growth and knowledge of God. You may be thinking, what on earth has Steve been doing? Because lauren has been at the school teaching recorder and that kind of thing. And so I actually wasn't just on holiday. Um, I did a few things. Um, One of the things that's really struck me this time, um, my time in Zambia, uh, is how much the church in Zambia needs to grow. Um, Not in number, because actually... There's, there are more ch- churches in Zambia you can park a stick at. You drive down the street, there's like church, 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 church. Uh, it seems almost see, it's almost, this, almost every second building is a, ch- is a church. Um, I think it's a, over 85% of Zambian people go to church once a week uh, or more, which is pretty amazing. Imagine if that was like, the, like that in Australia. Um, but, however, they, they have a big problem. Uh, they don't need to grow in numbers so much as in, as in maturity. Uh, and in application of their faith. One of the things you would think in a a population with 80% of people who are Christian that a lot of the the social problems that that we see wouldn't be around, but in Zambia there are some huge social problems. Corruption um, is rife right from the very very top levels right the way through, right the way down. Um, uh, Sexual immorality is a huge problem. Um, Families are split apart by government... Um, decisions to to move workers. So if you become a teacher, um, you get moved to work when you first become a teacher. You get moved out into the countryside, even if you've got a family with wife and kids or whatever, you just move. And so a lot of families are just being split, um, leaving leaving. So either the the wives leaving. So one of the pastors I was working with, um, his wife got a job uh, in another town, six hours away, um, and he sees her once every two months. Uh, so. It's not too surprising, really, um, that sexual immorality is a huge problem and with it, um, the rise of HIV-AIDS. Um, and so, uh, and, and then the other issue is, of course, petty theft, things like that. Um, those kind of issues are big problems. There's a huge problem, I think, in the translation of being in church to living out a Christian life. And part of that, I think, is because the, the teaching in the churches is very shallow. Um, it's very much kind of whatever the the pastor wants to say, they'll start with a Bible verse and then they'll do what I call biblical trampolining. They start with a verse and you you bounce off the verse and then you go and say whatever you want. Um, And that's what is happening. Um, There are pastors who are opening up churches and uh, just fleecing people for their money and then leaving. Um, Terrible things are going on. And so there's a, a real need in the country for a real growth in understanding of God's word. And so what I was doing over the two weeks... Uh, was trying to do something about that. Um, this is the first week I was there. I was teaching in this little room uh, in Saka. It's called. It's kind of an outdoor area. Um, this is what it looked like inside. Um, I had a group of 19 students. Uh, at the same, so I was running a course on the Pentateuch, which you all know is first five books. At least claim you are uh, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Maybe I should run it here. Um, uh, did a series on the Pentateuch, and at the same time uh, another lady, Janine, was teaching a group on an overview of the Bible. Um, doing the whole, I only did five books, she did 66, so she must have been much better, quicker. Um, but yes, yeah, so and we'd spent that time over the week looking into God's word, and it was so encouraging to hear the responses of the people about how the impact it was going to have for them uh, one, one man in the second week um, came and said, look, can I take a whole a bunch of books back to my church so I can teach my church these things? Um, some of the ladies, uh, this is the group in the second week. Um were slightly small in the second week, but again, God works in the small things um, to make big things happen. And uh, so there were three people, this lady here, who's an absolute character, um, this lady, and this guy here, I think it was him, um, had been there in the first week and loved it so much that they wanted to come back and do the other course in the second week, so they, came, they actually drove down an hour each day to come and join us in the course in the second week that 's how, how much they, how encouraging they found it and so it was a real privilege um, to be able to go and speak uh, and, and to teach them from god 's word and to, for us to learn together um, there 's a beautiful picture here. The guy in the middle is the pastor of the church that I spoke at in the middle of the week. Uh, which is a beautiful uh, little church, about the same size as ours. Um, and the two men on either side have very little English, and he's helping them to prepare for their exam um, by speaking with them in Bemba, in their, 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 their native tongue, um, so they're able to, to, uh, to get through the exam. And, uh, yeah, so it's just really great seeing them with their Bibles open, their, their, their minds switched on, wanting to see what God is saying uh, in his word, and it, it transforming them. And so it was very exciting. Um, and f- this is them doing their exams. I don't know if you had an exam room like that, but sitting doing it on your lap. Um, but, yeah, so it's a real, really great privilege to go. Small things, but God is at work in small things. Um, through, through small things, big things can grow. Uh, I just wanted to leave you with a piece of advice that um, I, we, we got from a, a sign on a, on a gate that somebody left there. I think it's really important for people to... Um, to be aware of. I don't know if you can read that. (laughs) Beware of God. I think it's meant to be beware of dog, but um, I'm not sure they got it quite right around. Um, But beware of God because God is at work, uh, even when it doesn't look like it, whether it's in Zambia or whether it's here in Australia. Uh, So how about I pray and give thanks to God and and, uh, pray that he might send us out to do his work. (sighs) Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you're a God who works even in the small things, um, Lord when we feel small when we feel weak uh, we pray Lord that we would we would put our hope and our trust in you being at work that we might look for the things that you're doing thank you Lord for the way things that you've been at work in the people uh, that's, that have been working in Zambia we thank you for the church over there so many people such great opportunity uh, Father we pray for the church that, we, that they would have a real growth in their understanding of your word that they might be discerning when people say when people preach things that are in, are inaccurate, father, I pray that you would hold, help people to hold on to the truth of the gospel and not just to hold on to it but to live it out and we pray the same for us, Lord. we pray, Lord, that our faith would never just be coming through the doors and going through the motions, but there would always be um, lived out in a heartfelt relationship with you that shows itself in action so Lord, grow your kingdom, grow your kingdom in numbers, grow your kingdom in godliness. Grow your kingdom in wisdom, that we might serve and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.